Wouldn't it be great if there were a pocket-sized guide that could help you sleep, focus, act, or be better? Well, there is. And if you have 10 minutes, Headspace can change your life. I know because it's definitely helped me too. Headspace is your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy-to-use app. Headspace is the only meditation app advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research. So whatever the situation, Headspace can really help you feel better. If you're overwhelmed, Headspace has three-minute SOS meditations for you. Need some help falling asleep? They can help you with wind-down sessions their members swear by. And for parents, Headspace even has stuff that you could do with your kids too. And their approach to mindfulness can help you reduce stress, improve sleep, boost focus, and increase your overall sense of well-being. Like I said, I use Headspace as well. I used to use it back in the day, then I got off of it for a while to use another tool. But then, honestly, I came back to it, and it's even better. The voicing, the meditation, it definitely, even just with five minutes a day, it really changes everything for me. It's backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews, and over 60 million downloads. Incredible. So you deserve to feel happier, and Headspace is meditation made simple. So go to headspace.com slash SPI. That's headspace.com slash SPI for a free one-month trial with access to Headspace's full library of meditations for every situation. This is the best deal offered right now. Head to headspace.com slash SPI today. This is the Smart Passive Income Podcast with Pat Flynn, session number 33. Mic check. Welcome to the Smart Passive Income Podcast, where it's all about working hard now so you can sit back and reap the benefits later. And now your host, let's give it up for the man who shoots an average of 90 on the 18, Pat Flynn. Hey, everybody, what's up? And welcome to the 33rd session of the Smart Passive Income Podcast. Pat Flynn here, and I'm feeling great about uh, 95% recovered from getting my wisdom teeth pulled. Finally, after two and a half weeks, man, it was rough. But I'm back, and I'm back with a ton of energy and a ton of enthusiasm and, of course, a ton of content for you today. I was planning to have some new guests on the show, more success stories from people who are succeeding with their online businesses who are not teaching online business, blogging, or social media, but I'm still in the interview process, so that's going to have to wait a little bit. And if you have a success story that you'd like to share on the podcast to inspire and show people that this stuff can really happen, that you can succeed online, then I would love to hear from you. Just head on over to smartpassiveincome.com, go to the contact page, and tell me a little bit about yourself and your story. And if there's room, I may get back to you in the future for a quick interview for an upcoming podcast session. Last time I did this, about 10-ish episodes ago, they were a huge hit. Plus, I got to meet and chat with some amazing people who had some amazing stories. So please contact me if you're interested. Now, last thing before we get to the content today, if I in any way have helped you and your online business, I would love to hear from you as well. I would so, 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 so much appreciate one or two minutes of your time to leave me a little testimonial with details about how I've helped you. And to do this, you can just go to thankyoupat.com and that will forward you to a quick page with some forms on it where you can kind of share how I've helped you. I'm actually collecting some kind words from those who I've helped and who have used my advice for a couple of different purposes. Uh, one, to share with potential publishers and conference organizers to get more speaking gigs. And I may share those testimonials on the blog as well. And thank you so much in advance if you do end up leaving me a little message. I, I truly, truly appreciate it. 
Now, today's session, or should I say lightning round of tips to help you and your online business or blog grow and succeed. Today we're talking about small things you can do for your readers that can lead to big time results. 21 things to be exact. So these are going to go by pretty quickly and I don't expect you to do all of them. That would be crazy, but you know, you can work toward it if you want. But even if just one or two of these tips resonate with you and you think, oh yeah, that would be totally awesome to do, then I will have accomplished exactly what I wanted to accomplish in today's session. So the thing is, when we start an online business and we're on our blogs or websites, it's really easy to think about me. Not not me, Pat Flynn, me, but me, me, me as in you, the owner of your blog or your business or your brand. And that makes perfect sense and that's totally fine. There's no shame in wanting to succeed and grow and make money and make things happen for you. You and your goals are a big part of the reason for the actions that you take. But unfortunately, many people in the process of setting up an online business totally forget really what is the driving force behind finding success, behind growing and making money online. And that is your audience, your readers or your viewers or listeners or potential customers. Pleasing and leaving a good impression on those who will consume your content should be your number one priority. Pleasing and leaving a good impression on those who will consume your content should be your number one priority. And by pleasing, that could mean a number of things, which I'll be going over throughout this podcast session today. But seriously, it doesn't take that much work to leave a huge impression on people and create a lifelong fan or a subscriber or an eventual customer or someone who will share your content and help you grow. That's why this session is entitled 21 Small Things that you can do for your readers or your audience to get big time results. And over the course of the life of your blog or website, you're going to get a certain number of people who come across you and your brand, right? And in all seriousness, it doesn't take that many people to really change change your life. I mean, sometimes it just takes one person with a bit of influence. And when you think of it that way, that's why every single person who comes to your site should be treated well and given the opportunity to experience some of the little tiny things that I'm going to talk about uh, and list that go a long, long way for them and for you and your brand. So this is going to be a series of quick tips. Again, I don't expect you to do all of these, but I recommend you at least try one of these things. I mean, you got to try at least one of these things if you aren't trying these things already and see what it does for you and give it some time too. Not everyone responds right away or even at all. But I promise the more you implement these strategies, the more results you'll have in the long run. And these are specific tips too. So some might, might, they might not even apply to you and your specific brand or business. But bottom line, if you take care of your people, your people will take care of you. Bottom line, if you take care of your people, your people will take care of you. So let's get right to it. Small thing number one, reply. The small gesture of someone leaving a comment on your blog or sending you a tweet or a Facebook message is huge. That's time out of people's day spent in a way that's directed toward you, which is a great sign that you're doing something right. But if you want to take that little interaction, that little transaction, and make it grow into more transactions in the future, whether it's more comments on the blog, more Facebook messages or tweets, or an eventual subscriber, fan, or even customer, then you've got to reply. You've got 
to respond. And when you respond, it confirms to those who left that comment that their comment was actually being read and was worth their time and effort. And that goes a long way. And like I've said, and I've experienced this before, it can blossom into many, many, many more awesome, bigger transactions between you and that person in the future. And the fact that you're replying publicly, if it's, on, if it's a comment on your blog or something on your Facebook page or Twitter, that's social proof right there. That's other, that be, other people can see that, that you're actually responding and that you're the real deal. Now, quick tip for you as far as replying and responding, whether it's email, comments, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, uh, G+, or whatever, you know, batch respond. Batch respond. It just takes, you know, just take 15 minutes here and there. Uh, once a day, once every once in a while, uh, or even le- it takes even less time to just sort of be in reply mode to hit up most of your comments in social media platforms. And that, like I said, goes a really long way. All right, small thing number two, say thanks. It takes like 0.003 seconds to say the word thanks and yeah, maybe one second to type it, but like replying and maybe even within a reply, it can go a long way. If someone does something special for you, like retweet your posts or link to you or say something nice about you, just say thanks. That's it. When I get a thanks from someone for doing something nice, it makes me want to do more nice things for that person. It confirms that what I'm doing is the right thing. And I would do the same for those who are helping, you know, I it would do the same for those who are helping you in one way or another. So say thanks. It goes a really long way. Small thing number three. Use names. I love this tip. In podcast session number 29 with Lewis House, which was all about webinars, one great tip he shared was to, during the webinar, actually mention people's names when they leave a message uh, in the little chat box, like, oh, Jim said this, or Rose says to try this instead. When people hear you mentioning their names, it's really cool, and it leaves an amazing impression, like, if I were to say your name right now, if I were to say your name right now on this podcast, like Thomas Strock, yo, what's up, Thomas? Uh, Thomas is actually a real person, Thomas Strock. He's my most active Facebook fan. And check this out. He's only 16 people, not 16 people, but 16 years old people. And he's building niche sites and hiring VAs. I mean, he's only 16, totally awesome. I wish I was doing this at that age. Now, if you were Thomas How cool would it be to hear that, right? And Thomas, if you're listening, uh, what's up, dude? Now, you know, just just to hear it on air or even within blog posts or on social media platforms through tagging, again, people's attention goes to where their name is being called. That's how it works. If someone calls your name at the mall, you turn around and see who it is, right? Same thing online. So use names and tag people. Small thing number four, share. If you come across something you like, share it. Retweet it on Twitter or share it on Facebook or Google+. Just that simple act, which is just as easy as clicking a button these days, can lead to more interaction between you and that person whose stuff you're sharing for the future. Maybe they'll retweet you back the next time you write a post, and at least it gives you a starting point for a conversation, right? Like if you're sending an email to someone you've never spoken to before for whatever reason, but you've uh, retweeted one of their posts, you might say, hey, Joe, I loved your article on, uh, I don't know, using the iPhone for keeping track of your daily calorie intake. I retweeted it for you because I wanted to share it with my followers. Quick question, da 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 Then that's a good starting point. Because you've already helped them, they're more likely to help you back or at least respond. 
So share. Now, small thing number five, be a ninja. I call this tip be ninja because this is something I did once and the person I did it to, uh, he called me ninja. <laughs> so this is what you do. You set up a Google Alerts account. Google Alerts is a free tool from Google which allows you to type in any sort of keyword or phrase and it'll alert you in an email when that keyword or phrase is mentioned anywhere online. It's a really, really powerful tool to use to see what's happening in and around your industry. Uh, but I have it set up to collect two specific phrases in particular. I have it, I have it set up to pick up more, but two specific fra- uh, phrases in particular for the Smart Passive Income brand. Smart Passive Income, that's one of them, and Pat Flynn. I have it set up to alert me once a day. So every day I get an email with links to where I and or my brand is mentioned. And if the timing is right, this is what I do. I'll go immediately to that page just to see what's being talked about. And sometimes it's a blog. If it's a blog where someone mentions me, I'll leave a relevant comment on that post and say thanks. You know, thanks for mentioning me. And, you know, I'll add some stuff to the content as well. And then more often than not, I'll get an email back or a comment back saying thanks or, you know, that was totally unexpected. And you can be sure that that leaves a huge impression on those who are talking about uh, about me, which pulls them deeper into my brand and exactly what I do. So that's how you can become a ninja. <laughs> also, it's good to see if anyone is scraping your content or saying anything negative about you too, just in case so you can kind of address those accordingly. All right, so small thing number six, make navigation around your site easy. And by easy, I mean really obvious. Make it easy to move around your site. The easier it is to do that, the more content people will consume and enjoy and the more involved in your brand they will become. I could talk a whole hour about uh, design and navigation through a site, but for now, just at least be conscious about it. Go to your site and think to yourself, how easy is it to really get around here? Now, if you wanted to become a ninja times two, uh, go to clicktail.com, C-L-I-C-K-T-A-L-E.com and use that tool i think there's a free trial you can you can pick up to actually see recordings of random visitors and how they go through your site it actually records their screen while they're on your page and you can see their cursor and see where they scroll and click and what they click that might not even be clickable so uh you know make it easy to move around your site okay small thing number seven decrease your page load time Now, I know we're getting into technical stuff here, and like before, I could talk an an, an entire hour about this or bring in an expert about page load time, uh, which maybe I should do. Uh, And and furthermore, page load time plays a role in search engine optimization now, so it's even more important. But really, if your pages load slowly, people will leave. The faster your pages load, the less likely they are to leave. And this is something I'm constantly working on and still tweaking on my own. But just so you know, I use a plugin called W3 Total Cash, C-A-C-H-E, along with a CDN, or also known as a content delivery network, to speed things up. Uh, don't worry if you don't don't, uh, don't don't worry if you don't know what that means right now. But hopefully, in the future, I'll have some more concrete and more actionable information about this. But for now, just just something to start paying attention to if you haven't already. All right, small thing number eight: get rid of anything annoying on your site. Knowing things being anything that may distract people from what would help them or what they are really there for or what you want them to be there for. It's different for every audience, so you may have to just listen to them or at least test and tweak things to figure it out. Uh, 
But for me, it's pop-ups. Pop-ups are a big no-no. Distracting advertisements and, of course, disrespectful people. Those are pretty annoying, too. We get a couple trolls on smartpassiveincome.com every once in a while as well. So get rid of anything annoying on your site. Small thing number nine, surprise your audience. Do something unexpected or above and beyond the norm. Maybe it's offering something for free that people would expect to pay for, for example. I just launched uh, createaclickablemap.com, which helps people create a clickable map of the U.S., which they can use on their website, and it's 100% free. And I've gotten a lot of great comments about it uh, because it's free. So that was a nice surprise for people. Or maybe it's when they sign up for your course, they actually get a phone call from you saying thanks or a postcard. Again, something totally unexpected. Now, whatever the little unexpected gesture may be, which probably aligns with many of the things we've talked about already, it always leaves a really kind impression on people. And that's how you really get people involved in your brand and supporting you all the way. One thing that uh, recently left an impression on me was my experience at the dentist, actually, after getting my wisdom teeth pulled. Uh, A day later, I got a text message, a a text message from my dentist saying that that was his personal number and if I ever needed anything to message him right away. And it didn't matter what hour of the day it was, he said, if I needed something. Definitely made a huge impression on me. And you can be sure, you can be sure I'm going to recommend this person to anyone I know looking for a dentist in San Diego. And uh, what's really cool too is they've got TVs on their ceilings in their office. So you can watch ESPN while you're getting dental work done. It's another cool little thing that goes a long way for me. So surprise your audience. Small thing number 10, if you have a podcast or do video, also include a transcript. Again, like I said, not all these tips will apply to everyone, but I like to include a transcript with all of my podcasts and most of my videos, and I'm always getting emails and messages from people saying thanks. It's a small thing to many, but for others, it's the only way they can consume the content at that time, whether they are hearing impaired or just don't have the capability to listen to audio or watch video at that time because maybe they're at the office or something. Now, it does cost a bit to get transcripts done for you if you don't do it yourself. So if you can't spring for them, that's totally understandable. They're not 100% necessary. But like I said, they do matter to people. And for those who read the transcripts, I know they're thankful for the opportunity. So a quick resource, I use speechpad.com. That's who I use for my transcripts. So small thing number 11, about halfway through the show here. Speaking of audio and video, high quality productions matter. So if you're doing any type of audio or video for your brand, bad quality can just ruin it. Even if the content is amazing, it doesn't matter. If the sound quality is bad or the video is choppy or not too interesting, people are not going to enjoy it. On the other hand, if you do get high-quality stuff going, that makes you look a lot more professional. And seriously, if people are going to listen to you for half an hour, you've got to make that audio sound really good. Just ask my friend Cliff from PodcastAnswerMan.com. We've had long chats about the purpose of audio and why it must be high-quality. So, of course, a good microphone is in order. I use a Heel or Heil or I don't know how to say it, H-E-I-L, PR-40 microphone, which is a high-quality podcasting mic. Uh, It makes me sound a lot better on the mic than I actually do in real life. But there are other cheaper options available for you. You just have to do a bit of research, which I won't get into right now. But Cliff's site is a great starting point. Again, that's podcastanswerman.com. 
as far as video, uh, a simple flip cam like a Kodak ZI8 HD camera works just great. It's just a couple hundred bucks. That's all you need. Although recently I've been using a DSLR camera with a built-in HD video recorder. The camera is actually a Canon Rebel T3i, and it's been amazing. The last video I did with it, I actually got a lot of comments as far as the lighting and the quality was concerned, and, and that's all the cameras work. I didn't do much. Uh, so I'll link to that in the show notes for you, smartpassiveincome.com slash session 33 for the show notes. So bottom line, your multimedia must be high quality. Okay, small thing number 12, skip the sales pitches. Okay, just, just totally skip the sales pitches. So here's a quick story. Not too long ago, I was, uh, I was really pumped to meet an old friend of mine from high school who said he was starting his own business. And I was totally stoked to share some of what I've been up to, because I'm in business too, and offer some advice if he needed it. So we met up for some coffee. And after some good catching up, I asked him what his business was about. And five minutes later, I realized that I was sitting in on a rehearsed, pre-rehearsed MLM multi-level marketing presentation all about how if I join this program, we could be making loads of money together. And he actually he actually broke out a laptop and showed me a PowerPoint presentation with the typical pyramid with us at the top and people below us who earn more money if we get people under them and blah, 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 blah. Ugh. I, I politely declined, of course. And although we're still friends, ever since that day, I just felt like I was just... I was just being sold to, and it almost leaves me sick now that I think about it. We haven't really even made an effort to meet up since, and you know, I'd be worried that if we met up again that he asked me to join the program again. I mean, the point of the story is that people, especially friends and people who have learned to trust you, i.e. your audience, and this is double especially people online, people just don't like to be sold to. Okay, people are tired of being sold to. And as our good friend Corbett Barr from thinktraffic.net so eloquently puts it, quote, the best sales pitch ever is no sales pitch at all. And I truly, or end quote, and I truly believe in that statement. The best sales pitch ever is no sales pitch at all. So skip the sales pitch. And if you're selling something, just let your results and the results of those who use whatever it is you're selling do all the pitching for you. Skip the sales pitch. Okay, small thing number 13, reply with a video. This is really cool. Some, uh, someone the other day actually sent me a video just to say thanks for, uh, for what I was doing. It was a private video, so I won't share this person's name, but honestly, it was, it was pretty darn awesome. It totally caught my attention because it wasn't just another email. You know, it was a video. And seeing this person's face and hearing this person talk, it was really, really cool and left an amazing impression on me and who this person was. So... My recommendation to you here is maybe try shooting a video for someone instead of sending an email. If you know how to do it right, it can actually be much quicker than sending an email. And like I said, it just stands out and leaves a deeper impression on someone. I really, really, really like this idea. And I have to actually have to think about that a little bit more for myself. And uh, watch now, I'm going to get like 100 videos from people who, who listen to the podcast. Uh, that would be pretty cool, though. And actually, I would watch every single one of them. So replying with a video, something small that can go a really, really long way. Small thing number 14, invite participation. Invite participation. One thing I love to do is to get my audience involved, whether it's through something like a reader challenge or simply just asking for answers or for specific, uh, you know, specific opinions. I love to get my readers involved. And this does a couple of things. First, 
the calls to action to get people to take action, which is like I mentioned before, the that first little initial small transaction that can lead to further and bigger transactions down the road. That's that's the first good thing about inviting participation. But secondly, and more importantly, it gets people involved, which makes them feel included or like they're part of a team. And if someone feels like they're involved in something or that they're a part of a team, what do they usually want to happen? They want that team to succeed because they're a part of it. So for example, with my reader challenges, when I share the results and link to everyone's submissions, and I mention their names, of course, all of the participants share that post like crazy because they're a part of it. They're a part of the team and they want that team to succeed. So bottom line, invite participation, recruit a team of involved fans, and you'll have that many people looking to uh, help grow your business and, and, and drive your brand to success. Okay, small thing number 15. Uh, this is a really small one, but it's very important. And it's be honest. Be honest. Like, dude, honesty, especially online, means a lot to people. And this means showing all sides of the story, being transparent about something. If you're offering a product as an affiliate and you truly care about your audience, then you're also going to share the downsides of it and what people should look out for. And that's actually going to help you increase your affiliate sales in the long run because you're kind of breaking down those barriers of, of unsecurity and, and making people feel safe about a purchase they're about to make. So I'm not going to spend too much time on this tip because it's self-explanatory, but seriously, just be honest and upfront with people. All right, small thing number 16, be passionate. And this is as much of a tip for you as it is for your audience because if you're enthusiastic about something, passionate about something, that will transcend onto your audience. It will have that much better of an experience going through your content and becoming part of your brand. And if you're not really enjoying what you're doing, you can't really hide it through voice or even through text. People can sense how you feel about something, which is why I love the podcast because I know I'm very passionate about this stuff and I know it comes through in my voice so I know people enjoy listening to the show as opposed to if I was just talking about something I really wasn't passionate about. Uh, you can't really fake that. So for your sake and for your audience's sake, be passionate. Really, really, really want to help people too. And if you're having trouble with that, uh, you've got to reassess why you're doing what you're doing and what your goals are. Number 17, be a ninja again with Reportive. I've written entire blog posts about this before, and it's this Gmail application called Reportive. You can go to uh, www.reportive.com. Now, report as in relationship. And what this tool does is whenever you get an email from someone or even send an email to someone, it detects that email address and shows you more information about that person based on their social media profiles and contacts. So, for example, if you were to hook up Reportive to your Gmail and you don't need a Gmail account to use it, you just need to use the Gmail platform to handle your emails, which I've done for the past year, and it's been amazing for productivity, but I guess we'll save that for a later podcast. If you hook up Reportive and I emailed you, for example, you'd see a picture of me in the sidebar along with my LinkedIn profile, which shows the various companies that I own, plus my latest Twitter and Facebook messages, and even what newsletters I'm subscribed to if I was subscribed to one of your newsletters through AWeber. It also shows a snapshot of the previous email discussions that we've had together, plus a whole bunch of other things that you can use to send me a more personalized, up-to-date, almost ninja type of email uh, or reply back. Like one time, uh, one time I replied to someone who I saw in his profile through Reportive, 
that he was uh, an Ohio State Buckeyes fan. And at the end of my email, I said, go Buckeyes. And I got a response back almost immediately saying that he thought that that was a really cool gesture. So obviously that made a small impact on him, but it probably went a long way. Again, a nice little quick surprise, which I know can leave an impression on those who you email. Next, small thing number 18, get a little personal. As many of you know, I like to infuse a little bit of my personal life into my blog. Now, obviously, there's a line that you have to draw somewhere, and everyone's line of comfortability uh, as far as how much you should share will be different. But the point is, if you show a little bit about yourself and who you are as a person outside of your website, on your website, people are going to connect with you that much more because you'll see more like a real person. And people connect with people, not websites, and not the content on those websites. People connect with people. That's why on my front page on smartpassiveincome.com, I have a picture of me and my son, which reflects what I value most in life and is something I want people to know right away when they visit the blog because that's that's exactly who I am. So just think about it from your audience's point of view. What would make them feel like they can connect with you and trust you and the information that you have to share with them on your blog? Plus, if you want to talk about standing out from the crowd and being unique, nobody in this world is like you, all right? Nobody. So putting a little bit of your personality into your blog is definitely one quick and easy way to stand out and be unique. Next, small thing number 19, provide unique content. Simply put, just give your audience something they can't get anywhere else. Provide unique content and they'll stick with you forever rehash the same old information that's been said before and elsewhere and they might as well just leave and go to where they can get the latest most unique information first that's the way it is okay for me one of the easiest ways to provide unique content is to report case studies or results from experiments that i do on my own no one else has that content because the experience and results are uniquely my own and boom unique content and it's interesting and sometimes it even adds to my passive income portfolio too like with the niche site tool so you know, if you want to check that out, you can go to nichesiteduel.com. Provide unique content. Small thing number 20 coming up to the end here. This is a great one uh, that I know even I have to train myself to do even more now is proof read your content before you post it. I'm guilty because I've done it before. I've posted content without proofreading it to make sure all the mistakes are gone. And it's hard to catch everything. And even when you do proofread it, you know, you're not going to always catch everything. But please, proof reading any of your written content before it gets published uh, is a great thing to do. And that means previewing it the way it's going to be shown on your blog or website and reading it aloud if possible. This can help you catch most of those grammar and spelling errors that you wouldn't have caught otherwise, which can decrease the quality of the post in whole. And sometimes for some people who are like hawks that can't help but catch those mistakes, and I know you guys are out there and I love you guys for pointing stuff out for me. It just makes me a better person. It ruins their experience and, and we don't want that. So proofread your content before you post it. All right, small thing number 21, 21 of 21. Remember who you are and who you're serving. This is the most important thing. There's no reason not to be who you are online especially if you're building a blog or a website that's branded around you or you're a major part of that brand. If you try to be someone you're not because you think you're going to get more subscribers or you think people are going to like you better or you're going to make more money that way, it only comes across as being fake. And like I mentioned before, people can see right through that. They can feel it. 
and it detracts from your overall growth and success. And sure, you may have to make some internal changes to who you are to find success, but those, you know, become those changes. Don't fake them. For example, if you're a writer looking to expand onto other platforms, it's going to take some courage to get over some fears and get behind a microphone or get behind a camera. Trust me, I know exactly how that feels. It took me over two years to finally get behind a microphone for this podcast after, that, after saying that's what I wanted to do for two years. But I don't fake who I am on this show. This is the person I've become because I really wanted to make this a part of my brand. So I learned it, experienced it, dived right in, and I could feel myself and I could feel my brand growing as a result of putting myself out there and being comfortable with myself in a different way. It wasn't always comfortable though. Bottom line, just remember who you are, but don't be afraid to get uncomfortable if you know it will help you and your business grow. And always, don't forget, remember who you're serving at the same time, and that is your audience. And lastly, small thing number 22, and I know I said there are only 21, but this is a bonus, and it goes along with it. Small thing number 22, always over-deliver. Always. Always give more than what people expect even more than you originally anticipated to give away yourself. Going above and beyond and just just blowing people's minds away. That's what this is about. And that's how you take big leaps in your business and in your brand. I mean, just think about any successful company or blog or brand. They always do something that just blows people's minds. It gets them to start thinking about them and talking about them like there's nothing else cooler in the world that can, that's, there's nothing else cooler at that moment in time. That's the approach you have to take, and that's what you should be aiming for. Over-deliver, and it'll happen. And there you go. That's it. 22 small things that can lead to big-time results for your blog, your online business, and your brand. So I hope you enjoy the show. As always, I appreciate you and your time listening in today. And if you wanted to do me a quick favor, okay, if you wanted to do me a quick favor, just do something kind for someone today, okay? Someone you know, or maybe even someone you don't know. You know, buy the person behind you at Starbucks a free coffee or something. Just do something small for someone, and you'll see just how good it feels. And I promise, in some way, shape, or form, maybe it's maybe it's just as small and simple as a thank you, or maybe you walk around and you find a $100 bill on the ground later. In some way, shape, or form, it'll come back to you. So do something kind for someone, a random act of kindness. So cheers. Thank you guys all for the great reviews on iTunes. We're up to like... 315 five-star reviews. Totally awesome. Thank you so much. And come and say hi to me on Facebook. Just go to patonfacebook.com and uh, come say hi, and I'll say hi back. I promise. And I'll see you in the next session. Thanks so much. Take care, and goodbye. Thanks for listening to the Smart Passive Income Podcast at www.smartpassiveincome.com. So podcasting is obviously a big deal here at SPI, and today I'm so excited to tell you about our newest podcast. Yes, a brand new podcast called Flops. Flops is all about exploring, celebrating, and normalizing failure in the entrepreneurial journey. Every entrepreneur experiences failure at some point, so I love that we're just facing it head on here. And the show is hosted by two members of the team, Karen and Ray, and in it they talk to entrepreneurs who have had stumbles, setbacks, and flat-out failures. These guests are honest and generous with their stories, and I think they offer hope and encouragement for all other entrepreneurs out there because we all experience it, right? 
we all experience failure. For example, in the first episode, Ray talks to John who got caught up in a Ponzi scheme. It's a story with twists and turns that will keep you hooked. It's a great story. I highly recommend you check it out. But one thing I love about Flops is that it doesn't dwell on the failure and it always finds a bright side. I really love it and I think you will too. So the first season of Flops has already started with new episodes dropping on Wednesdays. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also listen at smartpassiveincome.com slash flops. Again, that's smartpassiveincome.com slash flops. I hope you enjoy it.